Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, one of the cool things about the aquarium hobby is that the fishes that we play with are often the same species and varieties which have been around for generations. It's like a direct link to not only our own past, but the past of the hobby. And when we visit the local fish store, we can see a whole host of fishes, many of which we may have kept at one point or another during our lives. When I was a kid and received my first aquarium, which was a metal frame, five gallon aquarium, I can remember the incredible excitement it caused. I could barely sleep the night before, and I think I was up at 4.30 a.m. for a week straight much to my parents' chagrin, no doubt, after setting it up in my, in my uh, bedroom, I just couldn't wait to check out all the fishes each morning. Like every kid who kept tropical fishes, my tank had plastic plants, a goofy underwater castle ornament, some rainbow gravel. I think it was like blue and black and pink. It was hideous. And an assortment of fishes that was probably inappropriate, slightly excessive, and no doubt incompatible. My one secret weapon, of course, was that my dad was a seasoned you know, fancy guppy breeder. So I had a ready, you know, in, in-house source of advice, assistance, and of course, freshly hatched brine shrimp. Now I didn't always take his advice, but I did take the brine shrimp. The thing I remember the most about this tank were some of the fishes and the joy and excitement they brought me. To this day, I still look at these fishes with a sense of nostalgia and they evoke a sense of enchantment, which other fishes just can't quite bring. I only half jokingly refer to them as comfort fishes as they evoke the same emotions in me as comfort foods like mac and cheese, freshly baked chocolate chip cookies, or hamburgers do in other people. What were these fishes? Well, let's look at them. You've probably heard of some of them, I'm sure. First and foremost is the neon tetra. Like no other fish evoked the whole tropical fish experience to me as much as this one. You know, it had those exotic colors, it was small size, it was a shoaling fish, and it was super hardy for me. And it made it, and still makes it, one of the hobby's best overall fishes. I remember how I felt like I arrived when obtaining my first group of it, like I did something special. Another fish that, you know, I kept from the beginning, which simply makes me smile every time I see it, one that I think I want to keep again soon, by the way, in a proper tank, is the Zebra Daniel. Yeah, they swim obscenely fast, they display little in the way of individual personality, they shit like mad, and they absolutely take me back to my first aquarium, and they never fail to make me smile. I just love them. Just the good old, old school, regular fin Zebra Danio. They're so old school, yet they're so alluring. I can't help but love that fish. Then, of course, there's the glass catfish. Now it's called Cryptopterus vitriolus, which has been renamed several times or misidentified over the years. But regardless of what its name is, it's a bit more of a serious fish. But to a kid, the x-ray thing it had going on is like simply, you know, irresistible. You could see the inside of the fish, right? Of course, I kept the fish completely incorrectly, singly as opposed to in a small group. Yeah, my uh, specimen, his name was Reggie, don't ask me why I came up with that name, I have no idea. He was a bit boisterous and occasionally he harassed my little tetras, luckily he didn't eat them, but it was still one of my favorite fishes of all time, and I had him for years, and it's another fish that I'd like to keep in a proper biotope inspired aquarium soon, you know, a large group, maybe an Asian theme, black water, mm, something there. 
You know, I also had a real thing for barbs back in the day. The gold barb to me was one of the best. I mean, sure, it looks to most people to be a little more than a common goldfish, and indeed it's often called that by non-fish people, but the barbels are, you know, a dead giveaway. And to a seven-year-old, they were a legit tropical fish that deserved a place in my tank. They still are, and they still do. They're peaceful, they're active, and they're kind of cute. And they were a true favorite. And that's another fish that maybe someday in the right tank I might just keep again, because there's just something so comfortable about that fish, right? And then there's the Pristella. The Pristilla is probably one of the more underrated, underappreciated tetras out there, but it has the distinction of being the first egg layer that ever spawned for me. Oh, it makes it awesome, of course. And a school of them swimming in and out of a bunch of kabamba that I had in the tank. That was my first live plant after Sagittaria. Uh, just used to captivate me. I would spend hours looking at the... In a five-gallon tank, you'd spend hours looking at a little school of fish. It's pretty amazing. And of course, my list of comfort fishes would simply be incomplete if I failed to include the guppy. My very first fish was a guppy. My dad used to give me some baby guppies in a bowl to have his fishy little borders for a while. He'd rotate them into his rearing tanks that they, as they grow, but during the summer he'd give them to me and I'd keep them in a goldfish bowl. And I learned the art and perfected the skills of feeding and water changing and raising fry because of those little guys. And seeing them mature into really beautiful fish was something that I'll never forget. It was pretty cool and a great lesson. To this day, when I see a guppy or even a baby guppy, it can be anywhere. It takes me back to that same sense I had when I was a kid. Do you, do you feel that way? Because I think it's something that never goes away. Now, no doubt everyone who's ever kept an aquarium as a kid has the same type of feelings for various fishes. They're part of who we are as both a person and then as a chorist. And they'll forever influence our hobby experience. No matter how far we advance in the hobby, the fishes of our childhood take us immediately back to those you know, wonderful days of our hobby beginnings, which ignited in many of us a lifelong flame of passion for keeping and breeding tropical fishes. Until next time, don't forget to look back once in a while, even as you're looking ahead to your next project. Introduce your children to the fishes of your childhood and let them choose some of their own favorites. You know they will. In fact, why don't you try to incorporate some of your favorites in your next aquarium? Stay grounded. Stay focused. Stay introspective. Stay nostalgic. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Thalman. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to spending another day with you on the tint.